need to face your fears. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. The Emperor asks us to bring peace. House Atreides accepts. Kill them all. A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. Let's talk about Dune, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about Dune. Welcome to Lukewarm Popcorn, everybody. And we've made it to the last of the Best Picture nominees. And I saved this one for last because this one's my favorite. It's Dune. I love Dune. So, they announced that Dune was going to be made into a movie a few years ago. And when they made that announcement, before I really knew anything else about it, I started reading the Dune books because it was always, like, I have a vivid just memory of the library in our high school. And there was a huge book on the top shelf against one of the walls and you could see it pretty much from anywhere in the library and it was dune and i always wanted to read that book and i never did while i was in high school and then they announced this movie was coming out and i was like you know what i'm doing it i'm reading dune and can i just say easily one of my top three favorite science fiction franchises I mean, maybe that's that's excessive because a lot of things can be considered science fiction. But I hold a torch for Dune for sure. Now, since the movie was announced a few years ago, I was able to get through the first five out of six Dune novels that Frank Herbert... Hebert? Herbert? I think it's Herbert. That Frank, you know, we're on a first name basis that Frank wrote. There have since been many, 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 many other Dune books written, different trilogies, just different one-offs. A whole Duneiverse exists to be enjoyed. And I intend on reading at least one more trilogy of Dune books. And by intend, I mean I've already purchased them. They're sitting on my shelf. I just want to finish that last one first. That last one, the sixth one, a.k.a. Chapter House Dune, is currently in my Libby app. And if you don't know what Libby app is, let me just blow your mind hole right now. It is an app that works with your library card, you know, to your local library, your local book storage warehouse down the street. If you get a card to that library you can load it into this app and you can read digital versions of the books and or audiobooks. You can download them for, you know, a loan amount of time. So it works the same way a library loan works where you get it for a few weeks. Except this one, they just yoink, steal it back when your date's up. So no late fees. How cool is that? This whole, this whole episode's just going to be me just talking about the Libby app because I'm a big supporter of it. I say download it, 
load your stuff in, and just get free audiobooks. I also use Audible, but this is this is like my first tier where if I want to listen to an audiobook, because turns out I can't read, if I want to listen to an audiobook, I go there first. See if it's free. If it is free, reserve it. Wait in line. If it's not there at all, then I'll buy it. Then I'll use one of my monthly credits from Audible. Anyway, enough about books. We're here to talk about movies. Dune. I'm so excited. First of all, this cast is crazy. You know, let's begin with the nominations. I've done that a few times. Dune has been nominated for 10 awards. Mostly technical. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's nominated in every single technical category. 10 awards. Best picture. Three people on this ticket. We've got Mary Parent. She's two and one. She has also been nominated for 2016's The Revenant. Great movie. Kale Bader. This is her first nom. And Dennis Villeneuve. He's 3-0. His other nomination was for Arrival for Best Directing. And he's got two on this movie for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Picture. Now here's the thing. This whole system is rigged because there should have been one more award that Dune was nominated for. Before I even read the other eight, one more award, which is Denis Villeneuve for Best Director. Like, he should have not only been nominated, but won that. That would have been an easy, like, oh, of course he's going to win. Unfortunately, no. He did not get nominated this year. Big snub. Big, big snub. So we're just going to have to make it up in all these other categories. All right, let me continue. So as I said, adapted screenplay. We got Denis Villeneuve. We've already mentioned him. Also on that screenplay, as credit, we've got John Spates. John Spates? This is his first nomination. We've got Eric Roth. He's 7-1. He's also worked on 1995's Forrest Gump, which he won for. And then 2000's The Insider, 2006's Munich, 2009's Curious Case of Benjamin Button, 2018's A Star is Born, 2021's Mank, which, meh, was fine, and 2021's Dune. It's also nominated for Best Cinematography. This one goes to Greg Fraser. He's 2-0. His other nomination was for 2017's Lion, a movie I liked. Costume design goes to Jacqueline West. She is 4-0. Her other nominations are 2001's Quills, 2009's The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, 2016's The Revenant, and 2022's Dune, and also to Bob Morgan. And this is his first nomination for costume design. Next up is makeup and hairstyling. We got three people on this ticket. We've got Donald Mowat in a first nomination. And we've got two, Love Larson and Ava Von Barr, 
who are both 3-0 and for the same collection of movies. 2016's The Hundred-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared. Yes, that's the full title of this movie. 2017's A Man Called Ove. A slightly smaller title. And 2022's Dune. Smallest of all the titles. Next up we have film editing. Joe Walker, 3-0. 2014's 12 Years a Slave. 2017's Arrival. 2022, Dune. Best score. Hans Zimmer, 12-1. Yes, we got a big one, 12-1. Now, Hans Zimmer, I've known for a while. He is on a lot of scores. He is very well known. Let's read off his 12 and 1. We've got 1989. Oh yeah, we're going back. 1989, Rain Man. 95, Lion King. That's where his win is. 97, The Preacher's Wife. 98, As Good As It Gets. 99, The Thid Ren Line. <laughs> That's funny. 99 again. Hell, he's nominated twice that year for Prince of Egypt. 2001 Gladiator. 2010 Sherlock Holmes. You know, the one with RDJ. 2011 Inception. And here's where we get all the Christopher Nolan ones. 2011 Inception. 2015 Interstellar. 2018 Dunkirk. 2022 Dune. Not a Christopher Nolan movie. Denis Villeneuve. But still very, like, you know prestige movie i mean <laughs> this whole movie's great anyway what else has hans zimmer done just because he's more than just his nominations he also did justice league no time to die this year amazing spider-man you know the andrew garfield ones the dark knight trilogy pirates of the caribbean insane some of my favorite scores this guy did or at least some of the ones that, you know, ring in your brain. Moving on. Production design. Patrice Vermet. 3-0. Previous nominations. 2010's The Young Victoria. 2017's Arrival. We're seeing a lot of Arrival. I don't know if you've noticed that. 2022's Dune. Also for production design is Susanna Sippos in a first nomination. Next up, best sound. We've got four people on the ticket this time. Mac Ruth, 4-0. Previous nominations, 2016's The Martian, 2017's 13 Hours, 2018's Blade Runner 2049, 2022's Dune. Mark A. Mangini, 6-1, 1987's Star Trek IV, the one with the whales. I mean, excuse me, Star Trek IV, the voyage home. 1993's Aladdin, 1998's The Fifth Element, 2016's Mad Max Fury Road, that's where the win is. 2018's Blade Runner 2049, and 2022's Dune. And by the way, 
you may have noticed that all of these years are not when the movie came out, when it was nominated, is what I'm saying. So, Aladdin didn't come out in 1993. It came out in 1992, but it was nominated in 1993. Just in case it took you ten episodes to figure that out. Or maybe you didn't care, and I'm just saying this for nothing. Anyway. Theo Green, 2-0. Again, we're still talking about sound. 2018's Blade Runner and Dune. Finally, Doug Hempfell, 10-1. 1999's Dick Tracy, 93's The Last of the Mohicans, that's where his win is. 94's Geronimo, an American legend. 98's Air Force One. 2000's The Insider. 2004's Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. 06's Walk the Line. 2013's Life of Pi. 2018's, you guessed it, Blade Runner 2049. And Dune. <laughs> Finally, last award. We've got Best Visual Effects. You bet. we got two people on this ticket. We've got Paul Lampert, three and two. Previous nominations. 2018's Blade Runner 2049. 2019's First Man. 2022's Dune. And Tristan Miles, 2-1. 2019's First Man. And 2022's Dune. I lied. There are more people on this ticket. We got two more. Brian Connor, first nomination. And Gerd Nefser, 2-1. Blade Runner 2049 and Dune. Now... You may be thinking, why have I listened to you read off random names and movies over and over and over again for each individual person, for each category nomination? Because, here's why, and this was unintentional, but because it highlights the ones where... They've been nominated for, you know, over 10 things. And you get to read their list of work and just think, this person has made so many good things that they're, it's, it's, it's almost a guaranteed win. Even though, you know, 10 and 1 isn't a good ratio. Like, you know that that, that production design, that sound editing, that score is going to be the one that wins or the one that should win because so many other good things have come out from that creative team or that person that could be a wrong strategy but let me just say dune i feel like deserves every nomination it's won for regardless of who you know it's stacked up against like it it earned each of these nominations handily whether it wins is one thing but it'll definitely it definitely deserves the nomination and let me just tell you that best sound those four people who did best sound you know four and oh six and one two and oh ten and one that took up a whole page in my notes just listing off those movies just for best sound so i'm gonna i'm gonna go right here right on the mark say best sound dune i have reasons for that one as well but just just based on that page of notes that i took Dune is going to win best sound. It's also going to win best score. 
because the score for this movie is just in your bones. Just the visceral howling nature of it. So good. Hans Zimmer, you did it again. Best visual effects. To me, this one's obvious. I think it has the best visual effects of most movies of the last five years. Best production design, I think it's between this and Nightmare Alley. Best film editing, I think it's got a shot. I think it'll be between this movie and the Andrew Garfield Tick, Tick, Boom movie. Makeup and hairstyling, I'll have to look at the other categories for the makeup and hairstyling costume. I think this one does have very vivid, very memorable, very, you know, true to the nature of the movie costume and makeup and hairstyling but i would have to compare it to the other nominations because usually those categories you get a lot of nominations for movies that aren't best picture as well and i know there were a lot of you know facial transformations that happened so the makeup and hairstyling might might end up going to one of them cinematography 100 percent. if this movie doesn't win cinematography i don't know what will because as I've mentioned in a previous episode, you pause the movie and you can print that screenshot out and hang it on your wall because it's art. It's just beautiful. Wondrous to behold, as someone once said. Adapted screenplay. This one's tricky, and here's why. When I tell people about reading the Dune book, I always recommend reading it with the audiobook because the terminology, just just the language that each culture within the Dune universe has, like all the terminology for the specific things, it's very confusing if you're just reading it straight to remember what all the terminology is. So like for me, I needed the audiobook just to keep track just to keep everything straight of what what sort of was happening and that's that's my argument for adaptive screenplay for this movie of why i think it could definitely be like one of the one of the top contenders is that this movie is so clear and easy to follow so it's taking this this you know this massive work that may maybe at at times is is a little like hard to digest and it makes it so that within the two to three hour runtime you you know you understand everything that's happening and and it does a really good job at that and if that's not what adapting means then i don't know what does that being said i would have to look at the other nominees in this category because adapted screenplay is one and both both the screenplay awards, I think, is is one of the crucial awards that goes out in this. Like right up there with directing, acting, screenplay. Boom. So it's gonna be a tricky one. But hopefully it pulls through. And finally we have best picture. Whew. This is hard because this is the movie I want to win Best Picture. That's that's a, I can say that with a hundred percent certainty. Of the ten movies, this is the one that I want to win Best Picture. But this year, 
I'm going to try and not go based on what I want to win. And I'm going to do sort of a numbers game to try and figure out what, how to, how to predict what will win. Like I said, this is the one I want to win. But I haven't heard a lot of Dune is the clear frontrunner kind of talk. So I'm not thinking this one is going to end up winning. But it is easily my favorite. Top one out of one. This, this to me is, you know, Return of the King level perfect movie. And yes, it is just part one of two. But let me tell you, part two is bonkers. So it's anybody's game whether that one's going to be as good as this one. But part one is just perfect. And even if the back half of that two-part movie is bad, which I can't imagine it being bad... But even if it's a stinker, we at least have this one perfect movie. It's just so good. I love Dune. You know, Star Wars it takes a lot out of Dune. And it's very obvious when you like break it down how much of these things they took from Dune. And it's, it's just nice that Dune is getting its time of day. It's, it's day in the sun. And you know, Star Wars hasn't had the best track record as of late and dune you know in my opinions batting 100 that that being said there's also a mini series of dune and a 1984 movie with dune that i haven't seen yet i do intend on seeing them eventually maybe i'll throw an episode up when i do but i've only seen this one so far and i've only heard good things from myself because i love this movie i think it's great i think dune is the best of these movies and if you haven't seen it yet, do. And you might be thinking, I saw it, and it was a little slow and boring for me. Well, that's you, and you're wrong, because this movie is great. Give it another chance. It's so good. It's so good. My only flaw, I only have one flaw, and this will go into the back half where I start talking about the cast, because holy crap, the cast, is that Zendaya a.k.a. Dea, is only in this movie for, you know, seven minutes of screen time, of which she probably says Paul like six times and then has like four other sentences that she says. So for her to be as big as she is on the poster and to have as much airtime in the trailer, in, the, in all the marketing, is a, was a little disappointing. That was the only... That was the only thing when I saw it the first time. I was a little sad how little Zendaya is in this, but we move on. And I should have known that because I read I read the book and I know that Zendaya is predominantly in the in the back half of the book, but you know, I didn't prepare myself well. Anyway, let's take a look at who else is in this cast. Obviously, we're going to talk about our main man our lead, our Luke Skywalker, Paul Atreides himself, Timothy Chalamet. You may know him from Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, Beautiful Boy, Little Women, this year's French Dispatch, The King, a series he did on Netflix. He was also in Interstellar, which I forgot. Forgot that he was the son from Interstellar, the younger version of him. We got Rebecca Ferguson, who plays Lady Jessica. You may know her from... The Greatest Showman, Mission Impossible 5 and 6, 
Reminiscence, which was a movie she did with Hugh Jackman. Doctor Sleep, which I haven't seen yet. Men in Black 4. Don't quite remember her in that, but there, there it is. The Girl on the Train. She's pretty great, too. So far, in most things I've seen her in, she's been pretty great. As I mentioned before, Zendaya, also in The Greatest Showman. So maybe they're just digging into The Greatest Showman well. Maybe Hugh Jackman will show up in the sequel. Spider-Man, Euphoria. She was also in a season of The OA. She was also in a bunch of Disney shows and movies that I'm not going to list off here. Oscar Isaac is in this, who you may know from Star Wars, Ex Machina, Inside Louis... Lewin Davis, excuse me, a great science fiction movie called Annihilation that is very underappreciated and you should give it a chance, but also don't hate me if you don't like it because it is kind of weird. Um, X-Men Apocalypse, where he played title character Apocalypse, and his Marvel Redemption movie TV show that comes out soon called Moon Knight. So he's about to blow up. We also got Jason Momoa out here now i've been a momoa fan longer not to brag longer than most of you because i knew him from stargate atlantis which came out before his stint on game of thrones which also came out before his stint on aquaman or his apple tv series c we also got stellan skarsgård in here who was from Good Will Hunting, the HBO miniseries Chernobyl. He was one of the dads in Mamma Mia for a certain portion of my fan base. Um, he's in the Thor movies as Eric Selvig. And he was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies as Bootstrap Bill Turner. We've got Stephen McKinley Henderson, who you may not know by name, but I know by face. He plays the Mentat in the movie, so he's the advisor to Duke Leto, the Paul's dad. So he's the advisor to them. He has a little, like, sort of tattoo on his lip, if you don't remember. He's a Mentat, which means he's kind of, like, half-computer, in case, in case you're not up-to-date with your Dune knowledge. Anyway, he was in Fences, Lady Bird, Lincoln, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Oh, he's in Devs which is an amazing show from FX. It's a miniseries. That, that, to me, that's one of the quintessential science fiction works is that show called Devs. He's in The Newsroom. He's in Manchester by the Sea. He's in a lot. Don't sleep on him. Oh, man. Here's a good one. We got Josh Brolin. I'm going to start listing off his works. He's Thanos. Yeah, the Thanos. He's in No Country for Old Men, Inherent Vice, Sicario, in Deadpool, he plays Cable, Men in Black 3, he plays the younger version of K, True Grit, he was Jonah Hex, he's in Wall Street, American Gangster, and it all started on The Goonies, which I said, but I've also never seen The Goonies, so sorry. Sorry for that omission there. Next up. Javier Bardem, who, of the people on this list, is actually nominated for Best Actor this year, just not for this movie, but 
Clearly, Javier Bardem is having a great year. You may know him from Skyfall, also No Country for Old Men. So they're dipping into that movie. This this whole movie is just basically The Great Showman meets No Country for Old Men. He's in, this year, he's in Being the Ricardos, which is the movie about Lucille Ball and how she's a communist. Can't wait to talk about that one. Pirates of the Caribbean 5, he plays Captain Salazar. And we have a few more people. Let me, let me, let me read them off. We got Sharon Duncan, who plays Liet Kynes. She was in Rogue One. We've got Dave Batista, former wrestler. He plays Drax the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy. He's also in Blade Runner, C, Hotel Artemis, Spectre. He, he, of, of the, you know, wrestlers turn actors, I feel like he, despite his Guardians of the Galaxy work, he has shied away from the comedy angle and gone to the prestige science fiction sort of category. Which, I would put Guardians of the Galaxy in prestige science fiction. Just, it's also a little silly. Anyway. David Dastmalchian. Dastmalchian. You might not also know him by name, but he's in The Dark Knight, The Suicide Squad, in the TV show Flash, in Ant-Man, which is probably, this is where his face is probably going to click for you. In Ant-Man, he plays one of Scott Lang's, like, convict crew. Um, And then he's also on Blade Runner. And then obviously we have, you know, the man himself. Not an actor, but the director, Denis Villeneuve, snubbed for Best Director. His previous work, all perfect movies. Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Sicario, and Prisoners, which is the one with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Now, it's it's such a shame that he was not nominated for Best Director. I know I've already said that, but it still hurts. It still hurts. You know, there there's this guy whose name is Dan Merle. He has a YouTube channel that I frequent for movie news and other things. Anyway, he, did, he posted a video of his like live reactions when they were reading out the nominations the day the nominations came out and he was going through and he's like they're they're reading off the ones for best director and he's like oh i guess that one i guess that one because he had made predictions about who was going to be nominated so he took it back a whole other level anyway he they're reading off the nominations and they're like oh oh yeah yeah yeah, that was good that one's good and then the last one was like a surprise to him which was the one for drive my car which is the Japanese foreign film that is also nominated for Best Picture. So the director for that was nominated. And he's like, oh, what a what an interesting, like, surprise nomination. And then he did, like, the quick mental math in his head to figure out which of his guesses didn't make it. And it was Dune. And just the look on his face is so perfect. He's just, he, he's... He's just baffled, and and it's so funny. It was so funny to watch, but also it's so true. And he said he says the the perfect thing, and it sums it up perfectly. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. How many times do I have to go say that? Anyway, he says the perfect thing, which is, do they think it made itself? Which I think, perfectly, sums up how frustrated you and I, both are that. 
Denis Villeneuve is not nominated for Best Director. So in, the, in my opinion, it deserves either the Best Picture win or the Best Adapted Screenplay win just to give Denis Villeneuve the snub award. Like, give him an award because he was snubbed for Best Director, which he should have gotten. So, like, we need to give him something anyway. So, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, which are the other two things he's nominated for this year. Let's make it happen. You know, I've talked about Dune for a long time, and if you can't tell, I just love it so much. 100% recommendation. I hope it wins. I don't think it's gonna. My guess, so here's my top four. My top four, the things that I will be happy, I will be satisfied if they win, are Dune, Coda, King Richard, and Licorice Pizza. Those are my favorite four. Those are my top, that's my top tier for these movies. I want Dune to win. I think Coda's gonna win. I've been hearing a lot of buzz around King Richard and Licorice Pizza just makes me smile. So there's that. But coming up, I'm going to do category by category. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about all of the nominations and make my predictions. And you're gonna hear about a lot of movies that don't make it onto this list. I'm not gonna talk about them in as much details, but I did watch 37 out of 38 of these movies in each of these categories. So there are some that didn't make it onto this list that I think should have, and there are some that I don't think should have. And I'm just gonna give you all my thoughts and other recommendations on those to come. And that being said, I will end this super long episode that I've made for you. It's the longest of these 11 that I've put out so far. And stay tuned for more lukewarm content. <laughs>